0: Happy New Year, proud bookworms, and welcome to the podcast that celebrates everything your book loving desires. Thank you for joining me on this fantastic adventure. I'm Frances Everly, author and all-around book lover, and I am the Bookworm Unleashed. Today we are discussing uh, Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. This book was quite the adventure for me. I love fantasy, but as an author, I can tell you that the descriptions and the world-building are absolutely incredible and intimidating in this book series, and I can't wait to share the entire series with you. Now, just a brief note, I know that there is a series on Netflix uh, derived from this book series. It is not entirely the same as the book. For instance, the Netflix series combines two books of Lee Bardugo's Shadow and Bone, and I believe it's uh, the Crooked Kingdom or the Six of Crows—it's one of those, as well. Uh, the parts with Nina and her Fjordin warder- warrior do not occur in the book, so I will not be discussing those parts. I am strictly talking about the book Shadow and Bone. But first, a little note: my book-loving heart just discovered book boxes. Have you heard of these? The sub subscription boxes where you order, Um, you can order a full month or you can order a quarterly subscription. So it's sent to you four times a year Um, and it gives you a series of books and a whole bunch of goodies. Now, I just discovered Book Box Canada and I've de- ordered the February fantasy box and I can't wait for this box to come in. From the description, it sounds amazing. You get the entire Shadow Realm series uh, written by Canadian author Bryn Weaver, as well as exclusive covers, signed book plates, a journal, luscious soap, wine glasses, recipe cards, Spotify music lists, stickers, and more. Honestly, I can't wait to get my box, and if you want to order yours, There is a coupon. If you put in Ever5, you can save some money on your first box. Again, that is Book Box Canada. Now, to the book. Shadow and Bone begins with Alina, an orphan. The only detail that we know about her parents is that they were a biracial couple who presumably died when she was little. They're nowhere around and we don't know anything about them except that Alina looks like her mother. And apparently this is a bad thing because it subjects her to a lot of racism throughout the book. Which is a sad but realistic fact that we face in modern times and I guess in all times, really. But I wish it didn't exist. Anyway. Um, so Alina, her parents were killed, presumably by the Volcra. These are demons who inhabit a black void known as the Fold. Now, what the Fold is, from what I understand, a giant area, maybe a rip, a rip in dimension, maybe, that creates a, a divide between the country of Ravka. So we've got the east side versus west side classic um, dispute here where one side of the country feels like they don't need the other because they're fine, they're rich, they're happy, they're successful and the other side Alina's side, where they are desperate, they are poor, they are starving they need to get to the other side to bring back supplies to their people which spurs people on to try different methods of going through this fold. Um, one thing that they have come up with is something called a sand skiff, which is like a giant boat that uses wind to sail over the sands of the fold. It is quite often unsuccessful these attempts to go through the fold, and sadly that does result in a lot of orphans. These orphans, like Alina, are often recruited into the first army. This is the army that fights battles against their northern neighbors, the Fjordans, protects their borders, and also is sent through the fold as essentially sacrificial lambs. To be honest, they. There is no expectation that they will survive the crossing to get to the other side, let alone to be able to return with the supplies that are needed. However, the other option for these orphans is if they were born with magic. Now, these people that are born with magic are tested as a, at a young age. And if they have magic, they are known as Grisha. And these Grisha form what is known as the Second Army. They are used for their powers to essentially amplify the First Army and bolster the power of their general, the Black Heretic, who is also known as General Kiergan. However, General Kiergan hides his identity as the Black Heretic because the Black Heretic is the evil monster that created this fold. He is hated and villainized through the entire book. And rightfully so. Anyway, back to Alina. As an orphan, Alina made friends with another orphan named Mao. This Amazing friendship becomes more than just a friendship. It is a bond that goes so much deeper than that of friendship and found family. To the point where, when it's Alina's turn to get tested and Mal's turn to get tested, Mal, who is injured, cannot be tested because the pain masks the, the results of the test. However, Alina is not injured, and so to stay with Mal because she refuses to leave him injures herself during the testing so that she will test false as well. Now, beyond the fact that she wants to stay with Mal, this gives me suspicion that she somehow suspects that she might be different. And being a biracial child makes her different enough already. So I believe there might also be a hidden motive here. Either she suspects that she might have some hidden power that she is trying to deeply suppress or she is desperately devoted to her best friend. It's truly a bond that is the stuff to dream about, honestly. Um... But what I don't like about this part, about the orphanage part, is that we don't get any details at all about any of these orphans' parents. We're left to assume that they all die through some indirect or direct uh, version of this fold, this uh, direct effect of this fold. But nobody knows. There's no discussion of it. It's a giant plot hole, in my opinion. Because I want to know if there's some kind of hidden secrets, if there's, it's a depth of the characters that is very sadly lacking. And I, I'm really hoping that it's explored more throughout the series. Um, because essentially right now, all we know is that They are, all these parents probably died crossing the fold. Nobody really knows. And as a mother myself, I can understand the desperation of trying to provide for my child. But if there there is two parents, I don't understand why both parents would go through the fold. Or did one parent go through the fold and the other died of starvation or disease or something to that effect? We don't know. We don't know how any of these children end up in this orphanage. And now, and apparently, um, because they are orphans, they only have two paths now because they have been ruled out as Grisha. And the two paths are they can join the first army, which Mal does eventually do, or you can join the cartographers who map out the fold for the first army. Now Alina does the latter. She joins the cartographers and so she and Mal are split for a short time but they are reunited on the shores of the fold only to discover that Mal is going to be sent through the fold on the next venture. So Alina very desperately contrives a plot to make herself desirable for this mission as well um so she burns all the maps and volunteers herself to go on this venture through the fold to map it mal's pissed reasonably so because he would want her to be protected um and she's doing the same she is trying to stay with him through all costs she she doesn't know what's going to happen in the fold they might both die they might both make it to the other side and not be able to come back. But I think her desire to be with him outweighs all of those negatives. And that just, it makes my dreamy soul just hum in pleasure with this thought. I might sound a little weird to you guys, but I really enjoy this budding romance between these two. Friends, it's a classic friends to lovers, um, beginning here, and so anyway, back to the book. I'm sorry, I keep getting distracted. But during their mission through the fold, they are barely into the fold when they are attacked by the Volcra. They're fighting left and right against these winged demons that are attacking their ship and attacking the crew. People are screaming. Shots are being fired. It is all chaos. Hell has broken loose upon this sanskit. And again, Alina refuses to be parted from Mal. So what does she do when he's injured? She grabs him. She attacks the Volcra. The Volcra releases Mal, but in so doing, she attacks the Volcra's She attracts the Volcra's attention, and the Volcra grabs her. So Mal desperately is holding on to her and telling her, don't let go, don't let go. You can't let go. And she refuses to let go. But then it seems like all is lost, and they, he says, I'll meet you in the meadow. The meadow, that is, that was outside their orphanage, their one place of solitude and peace during their time there. It's very sweet. However, this also leads to the exposure of Alina's powers. She is, dun-dun-dun, the Sun Summoner, the one mythical Grisha who is said to be able to hold the power to destroy this fold once and for all. Because of this power she is able to repel the Vulcra, and the sand skiff safely returns back to the shores of the First Army. This is where Alina and Mal are parted for the next majority of this book. Um Mal is sent to get his injuries treated while Mal is sent to To face General Kerrigan and be tested. General Kerrigan, lo and behold, is all in black, he is devilishly handsome and so serious. He confronts her, asks her if she was tested. When he finds out that she was, he tests her again himself to find out if the results were somehow tampered with and discovers that she is indeed the sun summoner and as this fact is revealed he sends her to what is known as the little palace the little palace is not where the king and queen of ravka reside but a smaller palace nearby where the Grisha have set up a sort of residential school and base, a home base. They learn to use their powers there. They learn to control their powers. They are protected there. And so Alina is sent there. She's parted from Mal. Nobody knows what has become of the other. Helena is, her ego is stroked while she is in the little palace. During her time there, she writes constantly to Mel, but never hears back from him. She is beguiled with jewels and spoiled with her own food testers to make sure she isn't poisoned. She has her own bodyguards and the biggest room I've ever seen. My god, the posters on that bed alone, it's amazing. And the bathtub? I could sleep in that bathtub, it was so big. (laughs) Anyway, she is pampered like a queen, like a princess. She is spoiled. She somehow maintains her air of innocence. Which is another thing that makes her attractive to everybody around her. It's not just her power. It is her personality. It is who she is that attracts those to her. And it's absolutely incredible. She's no longer subjected to, well, I shouldn't say that. She is subjected to bits of racism through and jealousy. And during her stay here, she is victimized many times she is the victim of an attempted kidnapping an attempted assassination and an attempted seduction by general kerrigan himself now i honestly thought his feelings for her were genuine you know it it seems like a genuine budding romance, a genuine first love for Alina. Only to find out that he's using her for her powers, for what she can do for him. He has made her believe that everyone she loves outside of the little palace has forgotten her that they don't care about her, that the only people who do are within the little palace. He has withheld letters from Mal, and he has withheld her letters and kept them from going out to Mal. He has spies watching her every move and reporting back to him constantly on her progress as she learns to control her powers. It's diabolical this man it's something to be almost admired in in all of his scheming but of course he's had hundreds of years to think and plan for this possibility because as i said earlier he is the black heretic the very darkling that created the fold in the first place now, while in the little palace, Helena starts having dreams of a stag. When she brings it up to General Kirkin, he has no idea what she's talking about. However, he steals a picture that she has drawn and sends it out to the First Army, asking for trackers to try and track this mythical stag. Now, I call this stag mythical because he is believed to have been created by a Grisha, also known as a Bonesmith. This Bonesmith, his name is Morsova, created these mythical creatures from his finger bones. He created a stag, a dragon, a firebird, and I believe a couple of, of others. It's a wild goose chase. Everybody believes it's a wild goose chase. Alina does not learn the importance of the stag until she is accosted by the apparat, who's also the royal advisor and a priest. I'm not sure if he is as unlucky and as unlikely an ally of Alina's as he seems to be, or if he's truly a spy. Or the king and queen? Is he a spy within the little palace reporting back to them about what is happening? Or is he assisting Alina in the background, knowing who General Kirigan really is and is attempting to foil his plans to use her powers to expand the fold? It's a very good question. I'm still not sure of it even by the end of the book, but I, again, there is more to the series, so maybe we will find out more. Now, also, one of the units of the First Army who receive a picture of this tag happens to be Mao's unit. Of course, Mao, being a tracker himself, volunteers to track down this mythical stag. Him and his friends traipse through the borderlands with the Fjordans, looking for any and all trace of this magical stag that's supposed to be able to amplify the powers of Grecia. Nobody believes it will happen. They are attacked by the Fjordans during this, and his friends die. In fact, I kind of believe that Mal dies a little bit in this. He is severely wounded, and it is not until after he is wounded and he fights off the Fjordans that the stag appears. I have my own suspicions about Mal. I don't believe that he is an ordinary tracker. I think he has his own abilities because no other tracker in Ravkin history has been able to track any of Morsova's amplifiers. But Mal does. He tracks it, he finds it, and he reports back to his unit. Again, sadly, his friends did not make it. The only reason he survived is because, as a result of his injuries, he presumably was knocked unconscious and they believed he was dead. Again, this is why I believe he might have died in actuality. Um because he is knocked unconscious, but it is not until he is revived and the threat is put down that the stag actually appears to him. It comes to him as if it sensed him as if it wanted him to find it it's very strange this entire thing and again mal is no ordinary tracker now during the time that mal is away searching for this stag in the little palace alina is struggling to learn to use her powers it's um it's not until she starts developing feelings for General Kerrigan that she starts being able to control her powers and use it whenever she wants to instead of willy-nilly, accidental oh my gosh, it just happened kind of deal. Um, This is, I believe, the source of Alina's powers, her love, because it was her love for Mal and her desire to always be with him that led her to first using her powers. And now she's developing a love of sorts for General Kerrigan. And now she's able to use her powers. It's awfully convenient. And I think another reason why General Kerrigan is using that tactic with her to get what he wants. (laughs) And it's not just what every man wants. This all comes to a head during a holiday in the little palace, a celebration of Alina and her sun summoning abilities. She is showcased, and her powers shown off. To the people. She is, during this time, a victim of General Kerrigan's seduction, a victim of plotting, a victim of an attempted kidnapping, and an attempted assassination attempt. All of this manages to be foiled by none other than General Kerrigan's mother, Bagra. Who knows all the secret tunnels and secret passageways in the, little, in the little palace and manages to help Alina escape from General Kerrigan's office. Now, because of this, she, Alina is still madly in love with General Kerrigan, So Bagra has to essentially knock sense into her. She tells her exactly who General Kirgan is, and exactly what he plans for her, and to use her powers for. He wants to make Alina his slave. He's diabolical. Bagra manages to hold off General Kirgan once he realizes Alina is missing, giving Alina time to escape through some twist of fate she manages to climb into the back of the carriage of none other than the very men and women who want to kidnap her. <laughs> it's quite a twist of fate here. They, manage- they take her to uh, another town where she escapes from them and foils their plans to kidnap her. And at this point, she is found by none other than the famous tracker himself, Mal Oretz. It's just beautiful how these two keep finding each other. They will do anything for each other, and no matter the distance, they still very much love each other. Mal helps Alina escape from General Kirigan and from his fellow Grisha, his... his slaves. I guess they all are technically his slaves, because he uses all of them to his own advantage. He takes her, and as they're fleeing from Ravka, Alina realizes that General Kirikin, having some idea now, thanks to Mal, as to the stag's location, must beat him to the stag first, before he uses the stag's powers to make himself Stronger and carry out his evil, dastardly plans. Insert mustache twirling villain here. <laughs> and anyway, um, Lena and Mal change their plans and go after the stag themselves. Sadly, when they find the stag, General Kirikin is not far behind them another battle ensues unfortunately mal and alina are unable to fight off general kerrigan and his grisha minions the stag is killed and general kerrigan orders a necklace to be made of its antlers and inserted Into Alina's collarbones. And by inserted, he uses a Grisha known as a fabricator to melt the antlers to her bones. This is to amplify her powers. However, it is also, I believe by design, to make her hideous. Perhaps an attempt to dissuade other potential suitors? If she is not beautiful, will the people still love her because she is powerful? Or will they love him because he is still good-looking? He is not deformed in any way except for a small piece of the stag's bone inserted into his hand, which is easily concealed, with a pair of gloves. Convenient if you ask me, but also his way of using her powers. They both have amplified powers. And with General Kerrigan being more experienced with the use of his powers and his abilities, he is able to control Alina's powers, but not the strength of her will. No, for that, he uses Mal. He threatens Mal. He threatens to harm Mal and abuse him, to kill him even, if Alina does not do as he says. And of course, Alina, loving Mal, does what he says. She goes with him willingly. Albeit by the time they get to the shores of the fold, she is bound in chains. And Mal is also bound but abused during the entire journey. He is discarded while Alina is put on a sand skip with the general and some very important people to witness what he is promoting as the destruction of the fold by the Sun Summoner. A very high ticket in event indeed, wouldn't you say? Especially. It is at this point that Mal pulls what I would like to call an Alina. He breaks free of his chains and sneaks on board the sand He hides until they are within the fold itself. That is when General Kerrigan's plans take hold and are completely obvious to everybody. His plan is not to destroy the fold but to expand it. He claims to protect the Grisha from being persecuted as they were in his earlier time, in his first hundred years, I guess. And so, without the fold, there is no need of Grisha. The fold that he created, the need that he created in order to be a savior to people like him. He forces Alina to use her powers within the fold once the Volcra are summoned to Kisantia. She does, and he takes over, because with his own amplifier, he's connected now to her powers. They share an amplifier, so they share power. And because of this, he manages to successfully expand the fold. Thousands of people died. Presumably. Or were they turned into Volcra? Because that is what we discover of uh, Volcra's true nature. is a human that has been turned by darkness. Devastated, Alina Uses her powers and starts trying to fight off General Kierigan. She is not successful, but of course, good old Savior Mal and some unexpected allies are also on board this skiff and they assist Alina in defeating General Kierigan. He is believed to be dead by the end of this black voyage this dark voyage and as they escape Alina and Mal determine to leave Pravka forever to hide until Alina is strong enough to bring down the fold and with that the book essentially ends or doesn't because I do believe General Kirkin still has another part to play in the rest of the series, and that my friends is the adventure that is the first book in the Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo. So far, this new year has been a wild ride. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to sharing the next book in the Shadow and Bone series, Siege and Storm in the next episode so if you liked this podcast tune in for more give me a like maybe even a review on your favorite listening platform thank you and i hope you enjoy the rest of your week until next time my bookworms keep on reading